Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm going to be talking now with Kalpesh Patel, and Kalpesh is uh, a therapist operating out of Gainesville, and he's one of my personal favorites. He and I have solved the world's problems many times <laughs> while he was saving my life, and uh, he's a uh, uh, he's not only a therapist, he's a, he's a trainer, a teacher, and has a wealth of insight into successfully navigating life and all have come from his practice in solving the most difficult problems uh, that people have, as he said, uh, in his career, he's usually the eighth person that people go to see whenever they have a complex problem. And so uh, it's not just normal experience, it's very intense experience. So Kalpesh, let's jump in again. Sure, sure, absolutely, yeah. Talk about how you evolved into that role when you went over and started working all those many years ago at the University of Florida Sports yeah, uh, facility and evolved in sure, sure, sure. years. But so, the, the point the point is that when you're really talented, people will find out. And for sure, yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, if, if you're really good in your area, you know, the thing is, like, people go to work at a company or whatever. Maybe you're not get if if people are not coming to you and asking you how to do this or this that and the other. Right. You need to expand your skill set. You need to get absolutely. Smarter. You know what I'm saying. So, you need to get good. So I have I have some good stories around this because you know when I was younger I I I really didn't see myself as a success story. I didn't really see myself as um as a go getter, and so I had actually ignored the details of my own story in order to fit my life story into my own mental picture of like, I'm just a, a, you know, go along to get along kind of guy. But, but when I look later, when I look back at my own story, I realized, oh, no, I paved my way. I just, I just omitted those details because I had this, you know, I, I, I kind of didn't really understand who I was. So here, here's how it went down. It, it's pretty funny. So I, I, you know, I went to massage school um, <clears throat> because I had a lot of issues myself. I used to go to a massage therapist. He was a really great guy. And, um, I, I, at the time I was doing database management, I started getting headaches from just being in front of the computer nine hours a day. And this was back in the, uh, before the flat screen. So they were all CRTs, you know, okay. and, uh, and databases were slow. So you would sit there, you, you know, you'd, you'd ask a query and it literally would take 45 minutes for this thing to figure out something, you know, on a relatively small database. And just being in a corporate environment behind a desk, I just didn't see that being the end all and be all of my life. I had friends who did Japanese cabinetry. You know, I'd come home to see these beautiful things they had made and how happy they were to work with their hands. And I thought I wanted to do something with my hands, you know. So my friend, the massage therapist said, you know, you could become a massage therapist. You could do that part time and do computer work part time. I thought, oh, that sounds like that might work. It's worth a try. 
So I, I go to massage school. As soon as I was there, I realized that there were sort of these two camps. One is like uh, people that do spa work. So people kind of come in and they're stressed or they just want to feel nice and they get on the table and you do a session. And typically that session is a formula. Right. Okay. It's like a little playlist and you play the playlist and it's a nice playlist and people are like, oh, that was lovely. You know, it's like you make a Mai Tai, standard Mai Tai, nothing fancy, just you know, behind the bar, there's a little list of this is how you make this cocktail. You make the cocktail. Everybody loves it. It's great. You know, I realized I'm not that guy. I don't want to do spa work. I want to problem solve because every time I got a taste of problem solving, I was like, oh, that woke me up. I really enjoy that. And so I realized, oh, I belong in this other camp of clinical work where you work in a clinic and you try to solve problems. So I left school already with this awareness that I belonged in camp A and not camp B, whatever that that. Now, however that may be. And so I kept finding work that allowed me to, to do clinical things. And one day um, I was sitting in a friend's office um, waiting to, to talk to her. And I saw this little tiny magazine, this little tiny magazine sitting on the, on the, de- on the table there, the coffee table. I picked the thing up and on the back was this little ad that said, get fit for golf. And it was about how you come in, and they'll do a movement analysis, all stuff that sounds all normal now, right? But this is like 22 years ago. So it says, get fit for golf, come in, we'll analyze your movement, and then we'll strengthen the things that need to be strengthened and stretch what needs to be stretched and get your golf game better. And I thought to myself, you know, here I am helping World War II vets with problems that they've had for 30 years, and I'm helping them get better. I damn well can help somebody that isn't even having pain, just wants to flow better in their golf swing. That's probably cake compared to the stuff I'm dealing with right now. So I call the number up and I say, hey, I just saw your ad, you know, and uh, I, I wondered if you might have any work for me. And the guy said, well, you know, it's a small program. We're just starting out. So we don't have any place for anybody else. And I said, well, look, I appreciate you taking the call. Would you mind hearing out my spiel while I've got you on the phone? And I don't know, Larry, I don't know to this day what made me say that. I didn't have a spiel. <laughs> But he seemed like a reasonable guy. I think that's what it was. I think I recognized the tone yeah. uh, and the demeanor on the other end of the line that here's someone that seems to care or there's something receptive about this person. So I said, you know what? Throw, th- there's, there's somebody there ready to catch, throw something. Well, there, there, I'll stop you and say there is an aspect uh, or an illustration of the thing where we started by saying everything is connected. You just have to make yourself aware, the tone, the reception of the voice. There's stuff being played, messages, clues being sent to us all the time. Things you like, things you don't like, people you like, people you hit it off with, situations, buildings, houses. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Pay attention. Yeah. So this lovely person, you know, I, I gave him my spiel. I said, look. I've learned this stuff in school. It's not the typical stuff, but it has a lot to do with movement analysis. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I'm actually getting to some key underlying issues with people with the with this methodology, um, <clears throat> and it's making me stretch and learn. So I, I really appreciate all of that. And I said I very much would like to work in an environment where I'm working in conjunction with other people. I want to have colleagues. I don't want to just be doing this alone. Um, because you know, two heads are better than one. And he was very kind and he said, you know, 
I appreciate all you're saying. Do me a favor, just give me your contact information. <clears throat> he took down my contact information and I thought, well, that's the end of it. Three months later, <clears throat> I get home to a voicemail on my home phone, an email and a voicemail on my cell phone from this, this guy saying, hey, we have an opening if you wanna try. So he had, not only had he taken my information, he'd remembered me, he'd remembered me as a person. And when an opportunity came up months later, he thought of me. So just yeah. over that one phone call, I made myself a living human being in his mind enough <clears throat> because I took the time to put forward whatever it was that was important for me. Yeah. And uh, so he very kindly, you know, sent me this information. I went for the interview and the, he wasn't involved in the interview. Some, some other person that was involved in the interview. Uh, so there were two people actually interviewing me. One was the massage therapist and the other was a physical therapist. So the massage therapist was taking the lead on the interview because I was a massage therapist. And he's asking me these questions, you know, what's my area of interest and what kind of training do I have, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and the other, the physical therapist is sitting back and he's looking at my CV and he goes, what's this orthobionomy stuff? And I said, oh, it's uh, blah, 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 blah. And I started explaining it. And the PT goes, oh, that sounds like Jones's stuff. And I said, yeah, it's actually based on Jones's paper. This guy read Jones's paper the, the year that Jones released it. This is like 1963 or something like that. And, and so, yeah, so he developed this off of Jones's work right away. And he goes, oh, that's great. I, I learned a bit of Jones's work because I'm from Australia. And I was like, oh, wonderful. And he said, I can't believe you know about this stuff. And I said, I can't believe you know about this stuff. You know, and so then he starts asking me all these questions and then the, the massage therapist who was supposed to be the lead on the interview starts leaning back further, further in his chair because he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about anymore. And the physical therapist is leaning further and further in his chair towards me because he's like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, I'm, we are going to work well together. And that's exactly what happened. He wanted the same thing I wanted, which was to have another person who's using the same model or a close enough model that you can collaborate. Right. And, and so and, that's how I got my start there is that I found someone who wanted a collaborator. And this guy and I would go have lunch every day and we would talk physics. We would talk engineering. We would talk osteopathy. We would talk physical therapy. We would talk anatomy every day. Well, people understand the fact that when you're going to build a company or start an enterprise or whatever, that it's around the clock type situation you could be a lot going to put in a lot of hours what they don't realize is what those hours consist of yes. and what you guys were doing was starting something and usually that's why you know one or two uh like two or three let's say key like-minded people at the core of something can create something uh mind-blowing Yes. But yes. you can't have 12 people in there because there's too many moving too parts. Many. Yes. Yeah. Decisions yes. and everything. Now, let's just talk about where you started with that. You know, they had this idea of it. They were fortunate enough to have you stumble in. And one thing about noticing that uh, ad in that in the back of a paper, follow the breadcrumbs, folks. It doesn't matter how obscure the lead is. Yeah. That where you see something, you hear something, a scrap uh, over here. It doesn't matter if you're the fourth choice for whatever. If it relates to you, 
it, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It matters that it, it comes. Yes. And if you have your eyes open, and, and again, it didn't like fall in the next day. You know, no, you, no, no. you have a lot of, you know, the, what I tell people, you have a lot of lines in the water. You, yeah. you know, you need to catch a fish. You needed to get a situation. And you just follow with the leads and the breadcrumbs as far as they'll go and make a good impression. You know, like I like that phrase, making yourself a living human being to the, the, the people you meet, you know, so they'll make that impact. But I hear all the time people in, in hiring people that the job they had, they got because, you know, somebody they met and yeah. maybe was recruiting a company A but remembered them and then they left it went over to company B and they needed a person like that, you know, you, and then yeah. all of a sudden they called you up just like that. That happens more than you would imagine. Oh no, I I'm sure because that was really, that was the, or the story of my early career. You know, I, I, the very first job that I got, I was literally the last guy on the list. Okay. I mean, this is, I, I, this is 1999, right? So it was a different oh. world, but nonetheless, uh, I was male and I was foreign. That was the last guy this guy wanted to call from the list of new grads. He had a, a habit of hiring new grads right out of massage school because you can pay them less, right? Yeah. And, uh, and he had an opening and he was desperate and he was calling everybody he could call. My name was the very last name on that list, but I'm the one person that picked up the phone that day, right? Yeah. So I went in, I did a good job. I did such a good job that I impressed the girl at the front desk because she's the one that's hearing things from people as they leave, check out, they pay her and they make another appointment and they go away. So she's the one that's getting all the feedback, right? Two weeks into it, the guy finds another candidate willing to come in and take the position and tells the front desk girl that he's going to fire me and replace me with this new candidate. She threatens to walk out based on the feedback she'd gotten. She said to him, if you fire him, I'm going to catch hell from all the patients and I'm, I'm going to quit if you fire him. She wow. did not tell me that for six months. She told me that six months later. Wow. So I was not aware of any of this. Right. So yeah. there you go. Like there's, you know, it's like you don't even know what's going on. Right. And if you you're doing the right thing. The things are working out. Things are playing and people are making plays for you. Right. Right. So the second job I got, I'm, I'm at the market, I'm at the farmer's market, and this lady I don't know comes running over to me, yelling my name and smiling as if she knows me, grabs me by the wrist and drags, starts dragging me across the market saying, you've got to meet John. I don't, you know, I don't even know. So I yeah. stopped. I said, lady, I'm sorry. Who are you? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, my friend, so I'm friends with so-and-so who you gave a massage to in massage school because the massage school had a, a practice where the incoming freshman class would get a session from right. the outgoing graduating class. So you would just get assigned a name out of a hat, right? right? So it's some woman that I'd never met who I gave a massage to because she's an incoming freshman and that was that and I forgot all about it. But apparently the impression I made on that lady was so great that she had told this friend and what she told the friend made such an impression that this friend was now insisting that this man hire me. Wow. Right? Right. So the man lo looks at me, you know, I'm in shock. And I said, 
sir, I have no expectation that you do what this lady tells you, but I would appreciate an interview. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I can do that. And I said, great. You know, so I gave him, we went, interview. I did my orthobiomy. He was so wowed with orthobiomy that he didn't just give me the job, but he started studying in the field, right? He became one of the students wow. in the field, right? Wow. <laughs> so, right. So it's, it's it, you, the, the impacts that you're going to have when you make yourself, you know, if you just do what's right and you do it well, you know, you follow your thing and you do it There's well, you pursue excellence. You create the possible, one way of looking at it, you create the possibility. It's not a guarantee, but you create the potential yes. for ripple effects. Yes. And I never would have thought of these things. Now, if you, I never would have out, if you go out there and do a crappy job, you create the potential for ripple of negative yes. ripple effects. But right. <laughs> if you do a great job in all these situations, you yes. create the potential yeah. for incredible, uh, mind-blowing, uh, beneficial ripples to yeah. happen. And if you do that, as you know, during the course of the day, you have all kinds of situations come up. If that's your regular way of operating, don't be surprised that good things happen because you have kind of set this thing in motion right. by doing above and beyond. But here's let's what I want to talk about is the the value. What people should take is not just telling you know stories and and and, and everything. The the value of uh, two like-minded people which you yes. and that other and that what started there and you're talking hours and this that and the other and one and obviously you're making an impact how big is that operation today how how many worked there when you started well okay so it, it's massive because the thing is that little clinic at that time i think let me think now uh so there were seven therapists in that clinic, yeah. in that one clinic. Now there are seven clinics. Seven clinics. Right. The largest two have somewhere in the range of 20 therapists on staff each. Wow. Right. So it's a massive department. Now it's a department that's, you know, they, it used to be, they had one manager, then they had, then they had to change it and have like two managers and then a, an overseeing manager. And then, then they had to have like, they, they just keep having to increase the management components because it keeps growing in complexity. Um, because not only are there now multiple clinics, but there are sub clinics within the clinics because there's specializations, right? So now you've got people that are specializing in um, brain trauma stuff and balance and inner ear things. And then you've got people that are specializing in visceral and pelvic floor and- uh, it's, become, uh, it's become a mecca for uh, uh, high level, intensive, unique, Therapy. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. And then there's like a professional athletes component. So, uh, you know, softball, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, 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 baseball, uh, post-surgical baseball rehab is like a big piece unto itself. Yeah. And for the longest time in the country, the, the one doctor who sort of invented the arthroscopic 
surgeries and repairs in Atlanta. I think it's in Atlanta. It, you know, that's where everybody would just do the rehab was in his clinic because like nobody else was doing these repairs and people right. didn't really profess, especially at the professional level. They were like, well, you know, just work with the best kind of thing. Right. right. And um, I don't know if it's a function of numbers or I think, or if it's a function of excellence, but nonetheless, you know, th- these days there's a lot of professionals that will come here and do yeah. their post-surgical recovery here, even if they didn't do their surgery here. Yeah. So there's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's huge now. It's huge. But this, is but, a, this is a result of re I want to point this out. Like I had a big table of business guys, you know, a couple of years ago out here, right before COVID and we were out at dinner and uh, a lot of them had listened to the, uh, I read the book and uh, the podcast was just getting started and all. And so they said, Larry, you, you tell us, what do you think is the most important thing for a leader? You know, how you evaluate it. And I said, results. <laughs> and they all laughed real big. Of course, what else is there? And so right. the thing is, you, the guy was excited when he met you because he said, he realized we can get results working together. The, the yeah. thing that you have <laughs> with what we want to do here we can get results. The reason you guys spend all this time talking is figuring out how to get better results from the situations, the clinical experience that happened during the day, week, month, year, and you found answers. And then what, and as you got results, you became magnetic, you know, and people, more and more people came and this, that, and the other. I see that with high level, you know, I've had tons of different, therapies in different areas, you know, from my situation here, that's 14 years, but, uh, no. uh, the high, I found that the, the top guys who are the ones that I gravitate to, they're not necessarily top guys in the beginning, but I could tell they're good. You know, like when the guy met, right, right. met you and, uh, they invariably schedule fills up. It's amazing. Pretty in the beginning, you know, they're just, looking for bookings and, you know, grad, you know, in the off season, they don't have many people down in Florida, you know, and sure, sure, sure. Go back to New York and whatever. Now everybody, you're, you got to get on a waiting list. Yeah. Why? Results. Right. You know? Absolutely. And it's the value of re of overdoing in the, you know, in individual situation, but then get results, drive yourself. Right. This, where it's like have the model we started off saying everything's connected have models collect models and uh figure these things out how much you know how much is enough when you get the results and you don't sure. have to all the results today you know like you said margin it's that persistence at a plotting pace that is I think that's that's the thing. I, I you know I remember years ago uh, one of my clients came back from Africa with a, a photo safari thing, and he made a, a calendar of all the pictures that he had taken. You know, so he brought me one of the calendars, and one of the creatures that he had on there was uh, one of those like wild buffaloes that they have there. You know, and and, and so this it was a male, and he's just sitting there just looking. You know, he's just like looking at the camera, like I'm not going anywhere. And I realized like oh. That's what I am. Because, you know, I get people in here, they're, they have all sorts of issues. They're struggling emotionally because they're the pain and the, the chronicity. And at this point, they're kind of going broke with all the money they're spending on this medical issue and yada, yada. 
And I said, what does this person need to see when they first walk in this room? What, are the, what do they need to do? Do they need to know what a great expert I am, how clever I am, all this stuff? No, they need to know that I'm determined and I'm on their side. I'm an ox and I'm their ox. Yeah, right. That, that's very, uh, uh, right? Yeah, that's a very good picture. The fact that it's a clever ox is a bonus. <laughs> but the ox, that, that was, I felt, oh, that's the most valuable thing. They need to know, like, listen, man, I'm just ornery. I won't quit. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be damned if this, if this problem makes a fool out of me. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> I'm going to win in the end. And most wars are wars of attrition, right? Right. Stick it out. You're finding out you, you we're finding that out in the Ukraine right now. Thanks so much, Kalpesh. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.